welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, Bob Irving stops by as we are one week into Blue Bomber training camp. So we'll talk about his thoughts on that as well as the Open Championship at the Midway Point and what the Jets are going to do with their protection list. And then we're joined by Kirby Shep, University of Manitoba Bison's coach, as we preview Game 5 of the NBA Finals tomorrow night. That's all coming up on the podcast. We welcome in Bob Irving, voice of the Blue Bombers. We are one week into Blue Bomber training camp, and we've still got a couple weeks left, Bob. Is there any sense that people are, are growing weary of the training camp already, or are people still chomping to, to ramp up the intensity? Yeah, I don't see any sense of them letting up, Christian, and they can't afford to. I know Mike O'Shea is giving some of the vets uh, veteran days, as we call them. Steve Richardson, for example, didn't practice today. Darvin Adams had a day off. Jackson Jeffcoat uh, has not been putting a lot of time in. Michael Couture, who had surgery after the 2019 season, their center, uh, has had a number of days off, so he's obviously got something that needs to be maintained but for the younger guys the guys fighting to win a spot and veterans like adam big hill who never like to miss a play uh they're still going hard we asked michael shea today about whether or not uh, there'd be a period where he gives them a day off or kind of lets up a bit and he said well the plan is to keep going so they're going to practice tomorrow they're going to practice sunday for three or four hours uh we don't have the schedule beyond that so I would think somewhere along the line next week he will have a day where he just uh, you know lets up a little bit and maybe takes the whole day off. And if they do, then the players will basically maintain themselves and watch some film and everything else. But I, I think the, the enthusiasm and the energy is still pretty good despite the heat. For those of us uh, who don't handle the heat as well as some others, it's I don't know. The, I'm impressed by the players. I admire how they can go hard the way they but they're they're. I shouldn't say I'm surprised. They're highly tuned athletes, Christian. So, And for a lot of the guys from the U.S., in particular the Deep South, where it's much hotter than this, this is no big deal. And more humid, too, right? Yes. Yeah, for sure. No, so, yeah, it's for hot for us here. We've never seen weather like this in Winnipeg mm-hmm. for many, many years, maybe even yeah. decades. But uh, if you're from Texas or Florida or, you know, Mississippi, some of those places, uh, mm-hmm. 90 or 95 degrees Fahrenheit's nothing. <laughs> yeah, I hear your ads all the time for Reliance, and I'm looking at my thermostat, and it says 26, and it's probably going to be higher inside later because I don't have air conditioning, and maybe I should get on that. But anyway, yeah. uh, looking looking at the, the roster, you thought that earlier in the week we'd be lower than 99 by now, but alas, no cuts yet. Well, I did. I thought they might trim it down a little bit, and maybe they still will before the weekend is out, but... Uh... Again, Mike O'Shea said today that the guys are competing well. There's nobody who's really sort of standing out that doesn't belong. And they want to give the rookies a real good and fair look because there is no preseason game. So as I've said before, Christian, they film or you know record all the practices and then the coaches sit down and go over them with a fine-tooth comb. And they, they're watching for... The physical abilities of the players, obviously, but also the mental capabilities. Are the receivers running the right routes? Are they running, you know, as deep as they should, cutting where they should, uh, using the right angles? All those things, the defensive backs, what about their techniques? And those are all the things they're weighing. Uh, And, again, they're just giving the players lots of time to show they either deserve a longer look or don't belong. And I guess it's more difficult to 
weed them out than, uh, than maybe they thought it would be, because here we are, tomorrow's day eight, and there's still 99 guys here. Boy, that's an awful lot of players, and the reason there are so many is because of COVID, and each team was allowed to bring in more than normal, but uh, Mike O'Shea is not going to have anybody complain that they didn't get a fair look, that's for sure. And there's not really a rush, is there, to make cuts? I mean, there's the, you don't really gain anything from trimming it down right away. There's still weeks to go. No, that's right. I think at some point, though, you've got to you know narrow it down so the players who are, in fact, going to be here can work together. Although, I guess to contradict that, we know which players, mostly, who are going to be here. They worked together in 2019. They're spending a lot of time in the first team, offensive and defensive units here. So that's not such a big issue. And again, it's the newcomers who, and I'll tell you what, Christian, there's a lot of really good-looking defensive backs. There's 27 defensive backs here, and none of them have looked out of place to me. The same with the receivers and kick returners. Some of them are both receiver, kick returner. You know, they, they can all, they all got speed and quickness and all the rest of it. So I can see where the coaches, for them, this is just not a simple task right now. So do we have any idea what the, the weekend is going to look like in terms of what they're going to be doing? Well, they're not going to scrimmage. I know some of the teams in the league are having what they call a scrimmage or a, kind of an exhibition game between the, the players competing. But based on the schedule the Bombers have put out, it's going to be the same old, same old Saturday and Sunday, which is I think it's 8.30. They're on the field both days. They'll be out there till around noonish, and they go for about an hour and a half, and then they take a 10- or 15-minute break and go back out again and run through all the drills and they do some team which is where the offense goes against the defense and there is a little bit of hitting and and that uh, between the lines nothing serious so i expect that to be the case throughout the weekend Uh, the bombers have never said that they're going to have a quote-unquote scrimmage i think saskatchewan's going to have one this weekend where they actually sold some tickets for it but the bombers as far as i know don't plan to do that oh shea has said it's funny he looks at it differently he said look every time we kind of line up to practice and go through this team period uh, that's sort of like a scrimmage although you're not you know crashing into one another there's no big hitting so he sees those as kind of mini scrimmages anyway or controlled walkthroughs or yeah, whatever well, they call it yeah that's right they're they're more than walkthroughs but a little yeah. a little faster than walkthroughs cuz walkthroughs live are live action yeah 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 a little bit like that so you know again every coach is different in how he kind of views this whole business of going through camp at this point and uh, that's the way Mike O'Shea sees it, so that's the way it's going to go. I expect, again, somewhere along the line here, before too long, uh, they're going to put the pads back on and, and, and bang around pretty good again. For sure, next week that will happen. But uh, right now, Saturday and Sunday look like they'll be the same as just about every day this week. So have you been able to watch any of the Open Championship yet? You know, I get up early, and, of course, it's on. At, uh, I think the first, well, you told me the first tee times were 12.30 our time yeah. or something. Yeah, I watched a bit of it this morning and yesterday before I head off to camp. I know that uh, Louis Oosthuizen's had the, the phenomenal first two rounds. And look, the weather over there is unbelievably good, and so the scoring is low, and so it should be with no wind and nice warm temperatures. It's too bad there's no wind and miserable weather because that's what makes the Open so challenging. I shouldn't say too bad. Uh, it's still a great tournament and fun to watch, and uh, the leaderboard is loaded with big names. So, yeah, it's going to be most intriguing, and, of course, you know, if you follow golf like you and I do, the Bryson DeChambeau stuff is just uh, 
over the top where he blamed his driver and uh, Justin Thomas and some of the other golfers. And you know what, Christian, you never hear golfers very often. I know Kepka and DeChambeau have had this little feud, but you, you rarely hear golfers say bad things about other golfers. But uh, they've been giving it to Shambo on social, DeChambeau on social media. Uh, some of the media, I watched, uh, pardon the interruption today, and Mike Wilbon was all over them. Of course. And, of yeah, so he's not making any friends. The guy needs some advice. He needs somebody to just put his arm around him and take him into a corner and say, Bryson, you got to smarten up, man. You can't be saying some of the things you're saying because the fans, are they're all going to hate you. I kind of feel sorry for him. I, uh, you know, at one point he looked like he was going to be one of the popular figures in golf because he's really good with the fans most of the time he smiles and nods and acknowledges them but some of the dumb things he's doing now wow yeah he, that... for those who are on uh, the uninitiated he basically said his driver sucked yesterday in a cobra yeah. rep came out and just said <laughs> it's not our fault and then he he made the cut barely today but brooks yeah. kepka posted a picture on twitter of him driving the ball and the captain yeah. was driving into the weekend. and yeah. Well, he said he loves his driver. Kepka did an interview, I guess, after the round today and say, you know, I love my driver. Yeah. So. <laughs> Everything he does is like a, a comeback from uh, from yeah. DeChambeau. Uh, uh, Stuart Sink, who uh, broke your heart a number of years ago yeah. when he beat uh, Tom Watson. I'll never forgive him. Uh, uh-huh. Well, he shot 77 today and missed the cut, so there's, there's at least that. What did Phil shoot? Phil shot 80 yesterday. I didn't see what he shot today. Yeah, he shot a nice 72. He finished 12 okay. over. He, yeah, uh, so four, he's fourth he, last. He missed, so. he missed the cut, too. Anyway, the leaderboard is fantastic. And I, yeah. I, I didn't hear about the weather on the weekend. I don't think it's going to change much. No, there. it's supposed to be pretty nice still. Yeah, so the scores will continue to be great, and uh, it's going to be an under, uh, you know, a fantastic finish. Before I let you go, Bob, any thoughts on the uh, protection list the Jets have to submit for the expansion draft tomorrow? Well, seven three and one, right? They're not going to go eight and three, are they? They'll no. go seven three and one, um, or eight and what is it? Seven it's three and one. And, it's I think it's four and four is the other one. Yeah, well, whatever. They'll go seven three and one. Yeah. Well, I know they, they've got to make uh, a decision on the defenseman that they protect. I think that's the the big one, and uh, I don't know what uh, Kevin Dayoff will come up with. Will he try to make some sort of a trade to protect somebody? And you know, we've talked about. Uh, what they should do with their D. I know there's a, a guy or two there they really don't want to lose, but they're going to have to lose a player. Every team is. So uh, I like the way they have done the, this expansion and the last one they've given these teams in Vegas is the best example ever of an expansion team being successful. They're going to give Seattle a pretty good chance to have some decent players and not have a horrible, horrible team like some of those, that Washington Capitals team that won eight games way mm. back when in its first year. So I like what the NHL does, but it's hard on, on the existing teams in that Winnipeg, the best example, you're going to have to give up a player that you just hate the thought of giving up, but uh, that's just the way it is. Or make a trade and give yeah. up a player. Cause yeah, that's, that's right. probably yeah. what's going to end up happening where they, they swap picks to protect DeMello and Stanley and maybe yeah. Appleton, who knows what'll happen, but we'll, uh, we'll stay tuned on that. Bob, appreciate your time well, as always. Enjoy your weekend. Yeah. And you and I talked about the defenseman. I don't think they can give up Logan Stanley. Oh, I, no. think, I think that would be a mistake. But there's been a lot of chatter online about how DeMello is going to be exposed and Stanley's going to be protected. I think whichever way it goes in terms of protection, neither one is going to Seattle. The Jets are going to make a side deal to protect both of them. That's what they'll try to do for sure, yep. Yep. All right, well, enjoy your weekend, Bob. Thanks as always. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. The NBA Finals. It's down to a best of three. 
The Phoenix Suns took games one and two at home, but then the Bucks answer with a pair of home wins in games three and four. And ahead of game five tomorrow night, we're joined by the head coach of the Manitoba Bisons men's basketball team, Kirby Shep. Uh, Kirby, thanks for joining us tonight. Let's just start big picture as a basketball fan. What have you thought of the playoffs as a whole? Yeah, I mean, certainly we're we're getting a real good series here, but it's absolutely been uh, you know, a little bit of a disappointing playoffs, I guess. I mean, we, we sort of had this long grind of a season where, you know, they've packed in four games a week here for six months, and I think it certainly took us toll. I mean, the disappointing aspect of it, obviously, is uh, the number of injuries we saw and a number of injuries to real key players and, you know, star people that have gone down and uh, really kind of taken the kind of normal flair out of the of the postseason that a normal, uh, you know, big, big star uh, performances have kind of been lost a little bit, and uh, that's unfortunate, but I think this NBA Finals, you know, two good teams playing well and, and are, are certainly relatively healthy are, uh, are making up for it. Well, really, it's been the two healthiest teams that ended up getting to the final. You could argue that there's no way Brooklyn would have lost Milwaukee had they not suffered a bunch of injuries. And the Suns may have lost to the Lakers if Anthony Davis didn't get hurt. So one of the best abilities, I guess, is availability, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, anytime you lose uh... – Kyrie Irving and James Harden and Anthony Davis, uh, you know, people like that. It's going to make, obviously, a massive impact in not only your ability to win, but, uh, the, you know, the uh, the viewership and, you know, the experience for the fans, certainly. And, uh, yeah, certainly they've uh, they've done pretty well. You know, we had a scare going into this series with uh, Giannis hurting his knee there, and it certainly would have been a tragedy if uh, we lost him for this series. But, luckily, he seems to be healthier than ever. We could end up looking back on this series uh, in in three weeks, three years, as the series where Giannis really became like a superstar. He's already won a couple MVPs, but to win a title, that's the ultimate achievement. Two games away from it right now. What have you thought of his performance in this series so far? Yeah, I mean, when you compare what he's doing historically, he's uh, you know he's putting up numbers that are very similar to Shaquille O'Neal in the you know the Lakers prime three peat uh, years. I mean, he's putting up 32, 14 and five here on nearly 40 minutes a game, and uh, you know shooting numbers are absolutely off the charts. And uh, he's actually shooting the ball fairly well from the free throw line in this series as well, at about 64 percent, at least well for him. So, I mean, really. That, that's the comparable right now in terms of the impact he's having as a guy like Shaquille O'Neal, an all-timer like that. And uh, You know, I just hope he can get a little bit of help. I mean, sort of his teammates are kind of struggling to knock down shots around him. But, uh, yeah, this this certainly could be the coming-out party for Giannis. If, you know, back-to-back MVPs weren't a coming-out party. But uh, even if it's not, even if they're not able to win, I mean, certainly LeBron James didn't win his first couple trips to the NBA Finals as well. And uh, we, all, we always knew he was a superstar, so. And on the other side, we've got the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul finally getting to the NBA Finals so deep in his career. He was awesome in Game 1. I don't know if he was just terrible in Game 4 or if he's hurt, but he hasn't looked good lately, has he? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple different things. I don't think he's hurt here. I mean, it could be being worn down. I think, uh, you know, know, he's still overall, his numbers aren't too, too bad. The real concerning one is, his turnover, turnover numbers are much higher than they have been really for his whole career. I mean, this is someone who's known for it to be a tremendous ball handler and just takes care of the ball so, so well and is so efficient. And uh, what I think is an interesting adjustment that Milwaukee has made is, uh, you know, they've, they've taken Drew Holiday off of Devin Booker for the most part here and they've put him on Chris Paul. 
and they're picking him off full cord and they're hounding him and they're basically trying to cut off the head of the snake here and see if they can you know affect their offense a little bit and kind of bother him and although you know Drew's not shooting the ball real well and that's very disappointing for Milwaukee but he's certainly doing it at the other end and uh, you know the, the concept of wearing down Chris Paul I think has been you know really the adjustment in the series that's turning it around here for the Bucks. Yeah, Drew Holiday, four for 20 from the floor in game number four, which is awful, but his defense was sensational on the other end of the floor. And we finally got a close game, Kirby, in game number four. It was the first game with a second-half lead change. It came down to the final minutes. It was actually nice to see a close game in that one. How iconic a play was Giannis's block on DeAndre Ayton, denying him an alley-oop dunk when Milwaukee was up two with just over a minute left? Yeah, I think when we look back on this series, certainly if Milwaukee's able to win this, you know, win this series, and, and who knows here, this could go either way. Certainly the Suns could could certainly wrap this up just as easily, but uh, that will go down as, I think, the iconic play. You know, when we look back on, you know, past series, of, you know, LeBron James's block on Andre Iguodala in the, uh, I think it was the 15 finals, um, you know, Michael Jordan's kind of switching hands in midair, I mean, Michael Jordan's, you know, shoulder shrug on six threes in the first quarter. I mean, all of those are iconic moments in past series, and I think that block, certainly if Milwaukee wins, could go down as one of them. I mean, it really just shows, you know, how valuable a player it is. He is, but you know, he can average 32 points a game on one end and uh, just be an absolute devastating playmaker on the other hand with his defense. So it's, uh, you know, it was certainly a great, great moment. And. The important thing is to not to jump to conclusions. After two games, you could think, oh, Phoenix has won two blowouts. They're going to run away with this. And then Milwaukee wins two. The reality is the home team's won all four games so far. So, I mean, it, everyone's held court. Yeah, what do they say? They say the series doesn't start until the road team wins the game, right? So yeah. I, I think that that's a really interesting storyline here. I mean, I think when we look into up and down both of these rosters, really, there's not a lot of big game experience. Certainly Chris Paul, you know, never been to an NBA Finals, but he's been around long enough that he's played in enough big games here that I don't think he's sort of, you know, shook by the moment. But really, other than that, when we look up and down the roster, P.J. Tucker's played a number of pretty big playoff games. But but that's about it here, you know, on both rosters. Jay Crowder. Yeah, Jory, my mistake. Jay Crowder, I'm missing a but little still. bit. He was obviously in the NBA Finals last year. Role player, though, for... For Phoenix, but uh, yeah, I mean that's 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 what it comes down to, and I wonder is you know does do those inexperienced players, do the Devin Booker, the Cameron Paynes, the Cam Johnsons, you know, even the Chris Middletons of the world, do they need the home crowd behind them to sort of give them that boost and kind of take that edge off of the big time moment? So you know, I guess we'll see if this can turn around here, you know, tonight or tomorrow night in uh, Game Five, and if someone can crack that uh, through, it'll be the first team to win a road game. Do you care who wins as a fan? Uh, so a little bit. Uh, you know, I don't know that I'm uh, really invested, but uh, I tend to tie myself to to root for certain players. And, you know, and uh, I'm rooting for Milwaukee right now. I just, uh, you know, although I'd love to see Chris Paul win, and I think it would be a nice capital for his career as well. But, uh, you know, the Giannis Attentacumpo story, his story growing up and, you know, the, the slums of Athens, literally on the streets selling water bottles for to make money for his family in between basketball practices. I mean, it's such a great story, and it's pretty hard not to root for a guy like that. So that, I'm rooting for the Bucks. Do you like the fact that there's two off days between all these games? I feel like this finals is just dragging on forever. 
Yeah, it's a double-edged sword a little bit there. I mean, I think, you know, you make a good point there that it is taking time. You know, they are doing that a little bit. But I think what they are getting right here is they're trying to ensure a high-quality product. I mean, if you look up and down the playing time here, you know, Phoenix has really dropped their bench here. They're basically playing seven guys now that Torrey Craig's out, right? Milwaukee's playing about seven and a half guys. And I don't know, you know, if you were playing more often than that, I don't know that, you know, you could you could play those guys that many minutes. So what it's allowing you to do is play your stars more, have a higher level of play overall in each and every game, which I think is important, especially in a season that, you know, we have just haven't seen that high level of play. Final thought on the NBA Finals. It is cool either way, whichever team wins. And I'll admit, I'm sharing a bit for Phoenix. I don't really have a good reason, but I just feel like I'm, I'm cheering for Phoenix when I'm watching. Either way, you're either going to get a team that's in a fan base that has never won in over 50 years in Phoenix or a team that hasn't won in 50 years in Milwaukee. So either way, a fan base and generations of people that have never experienced a title are going to be elated in a matter of days. Yeah, it's a pretty cool story. I mean, uh, you know, it made me think of that in the last game, game four in Milwaukee there, you know, when they, they trotted out Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Oscar Robertson, you know, in front of the Milwaukee fans, which, you know, they, as you said, it's been 50 years since since they won a title in 72 there. And, uh, boy, it's uh, in some ways it's almost depressing. You know, that's sort of what you're clinging to is your history is these two guys that are, you know, clearly well into their senior days here, you know, walking into the – stadium as your last championship and uh you know and phoenix doesn't have those moments either at least phoenix you know has made it to a couple of finals you know they won they lost to boston in the you know early 80s or sorry late 70s and uh and then the moment charles barkley when they lost to michael jordan so they've had some some years there at least in there but uh, you're right it's uh, going to be a historical moment for either franchise is it uh, a tough blow to canadian basketball that we didn't qualify for the olympics again yeah, it certainly is. You know, it, it, it's it's beyond disappointing, really. I mean, we've had a number, you know, a number of years. I guess it's been since since Sydney, you know, in two thousand there that there were oh two. I was um, two thousand two thousand that we haven't qualified, and uh, you know, it's certainly disappointing. You know, we had the talent, and I think what it really highlights, and I think what the average fan probably doesn't quite get is. It's not just about the talent, especially in FIBA. I mean, it's a different game. It's a more physical game. Some of the differences in athleticism can be equalized. It's much more of a team game. It's not a pickup game where you can just sort of isolate and go one-on-one. The rules aren't really geared towards the superstar. You have to be able to play together. So I think a lot of those things are highlighted, especially early on. I mean, we're seeing with you know the American team losing two games in, in exhibition to teams that are more seasoned at the international level so you know what i'm hopeful that we can figure it out here and we can get into a situation where we can qualify again and, and, and win it here but uh you know we'll we'll see how it how it shakes down final thing and i'll let you go just thoughts on the fact that the bisons are gonna have a season this year you've got schedule out and uh playing a, a very regional schedule but at least you get to play yeah, we're, we're excited here. We're about to get back in the gym here and uh, start training and practicing again. We're certainly excited about that. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a different year for sure. There's going to be some adjustments, a little bit different schedule too. But uh, we're not complaining. We're just we're just happy to play. And we know a lot of guys who have been kind of on the shelf here for a long time. And, 
you know, as we all are as a society, right, we've all kind of been on, on the shelf and we're just anxious to get back at it. And uh, I think you're going to see a lot of enthusiasm as we move forward in this kind of new season just because of that absence. So when can you get back into things? Yeah, we, we can start training here right away. And in the next couple of days here, we're going to be full-on training again. We can get into our gym and play and we can, you know, lift and be together and all that kind of stuff. But uh, we'll see how it's going to open up in terms of our training camps. I expect to have a full normal training camp starting late August, early September. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be playing uh, other teams here in early October. So uh, looking forward to it. And uh, let's hope uh, the, the infection numbers and the vaccination run numbers keep going in the right direction and we can keep, uh, keep on this pace. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate your time as always, Kirby. Thanks for this and uh, good luck with everything with the Bisons. Thanks, Christian. Take care. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So sad that it should come to this We try to warn you over the deal You may not share our intellect Which might explain the